Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. My guest today is Nikki Keohoho. Nikki began her career as a teacher and has been an entrepreneur most of her life. She's built successful businesses and held executive positions in the United States and internationally. She has spoken at conventions and conferences around the world and consulted to hundreds of companies. She's also the best-selling author, international speaker, and has received numerous awards, such as Top 30 Female Entrepreneurs in America, Top 25 Entrepreneurs in Hawaii, and National Advocate of the Year for Working Mothers. She's the CEO and co-founder of the Direct Selling World Alliance and Coach Excellence School. Nikki Keohoho is a direct selling master who is focused on community and the power of building relationships. She is an expert in digging down to the emotional why, and she shares how to help people get to the heart of why they do what they do. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to uh, have this conversation, and I'm just looking forward to learning all the wonderful things uh, from your journey and your experience. Mm, I'm happy to be here and excited to share with, with you and with your audience. Well, thank you. So typically, I just have folks start out with sharing um, their entrepreneurial journey. I know that you know, you're working for a corporation, but they support entrepreneurs and support direct selling. And so would you just share your tie to entrepreneurship? Mm, I think I was born an entrepreneur. I was born in a big family and I can remember selling lemonade at five years old on the corner. My father was an entrepreneur. My mother was an entrepreneur. We were raised in a family owned business, worked in there as a young child, went to college, became a teacher because that's what I really thought I wanted to do. So I taught school for a while and I loved it and I was good at it. And I built self-esteem at kids and I realized there is no money in being a teacher. I'm sad to say, I think all teachers deserve more income. And when I was getting ready to have my daughter, Grace, I wanted to be at home to raise her. And I decided what I was going to do was get into uh, direct selling. And I started in a company and built a, a big business. And I went halftime because I was, I was thinking, oh, I'll just do halftime teaching and I'll still keep my finger in the door, make sure this is right. And then I and then I went halftime direct selling. And then the next year I went full time. And so I built in the field, moved from the field to speaking and training, moved from there into corporate uh, executive in several companies, and then started the Direct Selling World Alliance and Association for Entrepreneurial People. I started that 20 some years ago and Coach Excellence School is a school to teach coaching. I started that about, um, well, I started teaching about coaching 20 years ago, but started the school about 15. Wow. So Long you, time. You've got not only, not only entrepreneurial spirit, but uh, definitely doing a, a lot to help and serve people. Yes, important to me. Nice. So obviously connections is is a really important part of entrepreneurship. Um, mm. What's helped you to build connections and create connection? Mm. You know, it's interesting. Connection is, is really, people say being in an entrepreneur is about making money. I believe being an entrepreneur is about building relationships. The money follows when you build the relationships. So I've always been a relationship builder. I listen to people, ask a lot of questions to understand them see how I can be of support to them. Um, I have very few bridges that have been blown up over the years. So I, I don't have a lot of enemies out there. I have five bridges that, you know, I'm happy that they were destroyed. Those were not people I wanted to work with again in my lifetime, in case you've ever had any of those. But I, um, in general, I've found that just doing the right things for people, you know, being authentic and, and seeing 
their greatness and honoring people and being trustworthy. The basic things are what builds those relationships and those connections. And I think when people know you care, you know, people say they, they want to know how much you know. I don't think so. I don't think it's how much you know. It's how much you care. Way more important and staying connected with people. Absolutely. I love the concept of seeing their greatness. Can we can we dig a little deeper into that? How do you see the greatness in people? Mm, you know, we we have a skill in, in our coach school called heart-centered listening. And mm. what that means is being 100% with people. You know, ask a question to understand them and let them talk. Mm. I kind of like what you're doing right now. It's sort of like seek first to understand, then be understood. A great person said that. I didn't. And I've used that many, many times from Stephen Covey because I truly believe when you listen to people, you build relationships. You notice things about them. You see their greatness. You know, my, my mother was the queen of acknowledgement. She always acknowledged us as kids, and she acknowledged other people and saw greatness in them. She said, you know, when you look for greatness in others, you will see it. Mm. When you look for flaws in others, you'll see those too. It's way more productive to find something great about a person and let them know that you noticed that. And by the way, that's with our kids and our grandkids and our, our spouses, and our family members. It's, it's very good to notice what, what is unique and special about them because that's what makes this world a beautiful place. We're all different. And that's good. I wouldn't want us all to be the same. Absolutely. Well, and and for some reason, we have this natural bent to to find the negative, right? To see the mistake or to see the, mm. the thing that bugs us or irritates us rather, oh, yeah. than, rather than pointing out that one thing that yeah. I love the Einstein illustration that, you know, he's up on the board and he writes nine equations perfectly correct and just simple multiplication. And then he intentionally writes the 10th one wrong. And the whole class gets up in an uproar. Oh, he, got, he got it wrong. He got that one wrong. And and, uh, mm -hmm. and he's, he turns to them and says, interesting that 90% of my work is correct. And everything you notice is the 10% that where mm -hmm. I made a mistake. And, and isn't that our tendency to, to just jump out and, and point the mistakes? I, I used to call it right finding when I worked with couples. Like, like you can't have a healthy relationship if you're both right finding. <laughs> oh, yes. And and it's interesting also because I think the marriages that last a long time, people have figured out that you don't always need to be right and to notice some things that somebody does that is exceptional, mm -hmm. but it's more than what they do. It's who they be. The qualities that they possess. You know, it's like, you know, you can say you go out on a business trip and you come back and you say, well, thanks for doing the dishes, but you forgot the garbage. You know, instead of saying, thank you for being so responsible and getting the, getting those dishes done, I appreciate when I come home to a, to a, a clean kitchen. Mm. You know, we don't have to find the rest of the stuff. <laughs> we we really don't. And and I don't know, it's, it's so so easy to get caught up on. And I think what's really helped my wife and I is just recognizing, A, we're on this journey together. We're on the same yes. team. And so my job isn't to point out <laughs> things. That my job is to figure out, hey, how are we doing this together? And, and where is it that we're headed together? Um, mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, it's her and I against the world as far as I'm concerned. And somehow, somewhere along the way, couples feel like it's this competition between each other and they're doing this instead of doing this you got it and my job is really to support her and to help her to be a better woman a better wife a better mother and now better grandmother and and not to knock her down and and why would mm. i ever want to right but yet that seems to be a natural tendency is to to knock others down and take their feet out from under them i want to be the wind beneath her wings i want to be the reason that she soars and and she wants the same for me and that's what's really great about it is that mm. together you know, we, we make each other so much better. Um, mm, it's so true. Hmm. I, I see so many people that go through life um, thinking that they need to compete, thinking they need to be right, thinking they have to have all the answers, thinking they need to correct people. You know, let's let people be. Let's <laughs> let people just be. 
you know, I, I use all of our coaching skills with my grandchildren and I'm watching who they are growing up to be because of that support they've had, the words of acknowledgement, the, the noticing them when they do something well or right, but noticing what it took for them to do that or be mm. that. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I've developed these skills over the years. I didn't always have them. I, I was a very strong behavioral style. I still am very strong, but I would, I would just say, you know, here's what needs to happen. You need to get it done. When will it be done? And how are you going to get it done? That was my motto previously. That doesn't work. I'm just saying that's the old school management style. Today we must lead people. And and coaching is part of leading. Oh, so good. I, For me, it, it happened later too. I wish I had learned it much sooner, but my mother began suffering with Alzheimer's and she would tell stories. And so the, the biggest one that I remember, my my parents were helping with youth group and they're at a camp and my mom's saying that, you know, they were on flight 91 that landed in the Potomac River and she's telling the story as if she were there. Oh, and, yes. and my dad's instinct is to jump up and tell the whole room, no, no, it's not true. It's not true. Uh -huh. And and I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, who cares? Yeah. You know, she believes it's true. They're, they're, they're not, their lives aren't going to change whether it's true or not. And so it just, mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, and he was concerned about what people would think about, you know, just the idea that she were, she was lying or misleading them. And in her mind, mm -hmm. she was absolutely not lying. She was not, no. she believes, she absolutely believes that she was there. And, and, and there's so much in life that we correct people that it just, it, so what? Not, not it's, worth it. It not just worth doesn't it. matter. And so being able to let go of those kinds of things is so powerful in relationships. Oh. And especially with our kids, uh, oh, so yes. much of the corrections that I made on my kids was because I was worried about what other people thought. Not about my kids, oh. but what other people thought about me. Oh. How stupid is that? Well, that's what, that was a pattern that was taught for many, many years. You know, Robert, it's interesting because, you know, my mother had Alzheimer's too. Mm. And and she was never one of those that was mean or, or hateful. And she always remembered me. Mm. She, she really got through it pretty well. But I remember I was going to take her to her 65th class reunion. And this was her, she was a nurse and it was her nursing class. Wow. And, and my brother said to me, why are you taking her? She'll never remember. And I said, she'll remember in the moment and I'll remember for my lifetime. Hmm. And that was one of the best trips. My husband and I flew from Hawaii to Washington, picked her up, flew out to Minneapolis and got her there. And, she, and we got on the plane. It was so funny. She's walking down the aisle. She hasn't flown for a long time now. She's grabbing each seat and walking down. She said, well, where are you going? And the person said, well, I'm going to Minneapolis. She goes, well, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Minneapolis too. Oh, I'm going with you. She goes to the name. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to. It's the only place the plane's going. You know, is Minneapolis. <laughs> but we <laughs> get there, and I was just. I, I sat in the back of of the plane, and I said, "Mom, do you want to sit by the window, or do you want to sit by the aisle?" She goes, "Oh, I don't want to miss a thing. I want to sit by the window." Great. Oh, First thing she does, she looks out the window, and she goes, "Hey, it says no step on that wing. Why would it say no step on that wing?" I said, "Well, that's because you're not supposed to step on it." Oh, okay. About a minute later, look out there at that wing. It says no step on that wing. Why would they write that on the wing? Well, because it's hard to balance when the plane's moving. <laughs> what, look, it says no step on that wing a minute later. I said, well, that's because the wing could fall off. Anyway, the guy in front of us, after about an hour, turned around. He goes, you're the most creative person I have ever met in my lifetime. Do you know you had over 100 reasons to not step <laughs> on that plane wing? <laughs> and I laughed about it because it was like, why make her wrong? Why make it like you already asked me 20 times, mom. It isn't going to do any good. Just have yeah, fun with it. I I chose to do the same exact thing and, and coming up with a creative response each time. For my mom, it was headlines. She, she'd open the newspaper and, and I think she was losing the ability to read, but she could still read the headlines. Mm -hmm. And she'd point out, she'd go through the whole 30 pages and there'd be one or two headlines that each time she went through it, she'd point that same headline. Oh, and, yes. And and it's always interesting. And I think that's where my dad struggled was because he just didn't have the creativity to respond. And his instinct to correct was so hard for him to turn off. 
that he just wanted to correct and he thought he could help her. And, and I said, you know, she's just no longer teachable. There's just nothing that you, you could give her all the right answers and it won't, it just won't, and it, gonna won't stick. it won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and all you're doing is getting frustrated. And of course for him, it was, it was so much of the frustration of the loss and he was grieving. And, oh, he yes. was, and so all of that was playing at the same time. And for me, it was, it was, I was playing the same game you were. It's like, Nope, this is what's happening. Oh, nope, this is what. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool. This is this is what's yeah. happening. It's making up a new a new line or a new story or a new uh-huh. reason, and 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 yeah, it just didn't. It, it's so it, for me, the biggest lesson was there's just so much that just doesn't matter. It just yes. why are we caught up in? We get caught up in so much stuff that really just doesn't matter, and. Yeah. and you can focus on the things that really do matter and start to make a huge difference in your life and business. And let go of some of the other things. You know, that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. (laughs) Uh, I choose not to sweat. (laughs) So good. All right. So I I understand that that you have a magical power. Hmm. (laughs) Who did you hear that from? I can guess. (laughs) So I I just... been told that you have this ability to dig down into somebody's emotional why. Mm, yes. So let's talk about the power of, of having a why and, and really getting down mm. to the to the heart of it. Mm. You know, people go through life and they do things because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Mm. Wait till you go to your old fart class reunion. There's a bunch of oldie moldies over there. And all they want to talk about is, you know, retirement. See, I love what I get to do every day. And retirement is not what I'm working towards. And I certainly could retire. That's not what I'm here for. I have a bigger reason to be here. So the emotional why is what drives people. It's in your heart. It's not just what you're thinking about. Oh, you know, young people are told you'd be a great engineer. So the person goes to engineering school and they hate it. Being an engineer and they do it till they retire. Well, maybe that's not what they were meant to do so understand what matters to you the most in your life you know what are the top three things and write those down and is what you're doing really going to matter in the rest of your life how are you going to feel about yourself you know somebody said i i just heard this question what movie do you want to play for your life what do you want your life to look like you look back at it as a, a, a senior citizen, and by the way, at Denny's, you can be a senior citizen at 55. I just thought I'd throw that in as a plug. <laughs> but some people think you need to be 70 to be a senior. But anyway, the idea is, is that I, I don't want to look back with regret. I want to know the reason I did what I did. So the question to ask yourself is what matters to me most? Who matters to me most? Mm. You know, what, if anything... Am I missing in my life right now? Whose opinion of me really matters? Ooh, that's a strong one. Yeah. What power do I have over me to withstand whatever comes my way? Mm. See, self-coaching is a key to success. And I'll go into that in a minute because I want to stay for a minute more on this. Why? When you know why you're doing what you're doing, you're living on purpose. People that live on purpose have way more joy and satisfaction and they look back on their life and they they have pride in where they came from to where they landed. Mm. You know, I think back as a kid, we were a poor family. We lived in an old, old, old house right across the street from the railroad tracks. My mother cleaned and painted and wallpapered and did everything she could to make it look good, but it was old. And I remember I had a friend whose family owned a store in town and we thought they were just very wealthy. And her mother came over to our house and my grandma lived with us. And she said, Hey, I just needed to see if this place was safe for my daughter, my grand, my daughter. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know that it was clean and that there weren't bad things happening in this old house. And my grandma says, come on in. And she did her little inspection and she walked down. She said, I'm really surprised. It's not that bad. But I thought, who are you to judge? That's a whole nother conversation. Yes, it is. People that judge other people generally have self-judgment. 
Oh. When it's easy for us to judge others, we are judging ourselves first. Mm. So when somebody is judgmental, it makes me stop for a minute and think about it. And, and I'll ask, so tell me what's going on with you? <laughs> what's happening with you right now? And almost always it's something where they feel they're not enough. Mm. And that's sad. So I think to feel a to live a fulfilled life, one, we can't be judging ourselves, but it's certainly not comparing ourselves to other people and judging other people. That is not going to work. Oh, there's, yeah, there's so much in that, right? Like the idea that other people's opinions matter and that you could change their opinion no matter how good you were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the, the tie to self-esteem when, when you're really you're trying to satisfy what other people think it's really inside. It's you're trying to satisfy what you think they think. Yes. You've got it. What, what a loss of energy. You you know, people, people say, Nikki, how do you have so much energy? You know, because I'm not a spring chicken and, and I, my energy comes from what I say to myself, how I take in my environment. I can look outside my window right now and I've got my palm trees, my pomegranates are almost ripe. My grapefruit are over here. I, I look at the beauty, the mountains with some clouds over the mountains right now, our beautiful ferns and flowers. And, and I think I, it's like I take that in. For us to take care of ourselves is so important so we can show up the best for other people. Mm, that's so powerful. So that, that kind of leads to the ideas of self-care and and I know that entrepreneurs and business owners especially can, can get carried away, especially sales people, right? The more hours, the work, the more sales we can get. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's talk about the value of self-care and why it's so important. Mm. See, I choose to live in harmony. Mm. Balance, people want to have balance, but balancing is hard. You know, I, 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 I don't know that it is ever going to be perfectly balanced because you might have a sick child right now and that child's going to take some energy. You might have, you know, something going on in your business and you, you go a little stronger in your business right now, but making sure that you're taking time for your family, that you're well, taking I, time for yourself. I love, I love that. Cause I think balance is ridiculous, right? Think about when we were kids, they had teeter totters, right? And, oh yes. And when you got the teeter totter to stay above the ground, right? Where neither side was touching, you had to stop. Yes. Nobody, nobody move, right? Everybody no. freeze. Yes. So I, think, I think about the idea with balance. It, everything's perfect in the house. Everybody stop. Yes, don't, that's right. Don't, don't move because yes. you'll mess it all up. So yes. I love I love harmony. I, I'm in firm agreement about the concept of harmony, right? Because there's it's first of all it's seasonal, right? And 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 harmony allows for allows for the season, Movement. right? Allows for a little yeah. bit of up and down, and and you know time with the family can take priority at this point, or time with the business can take priority at this point. But, but I have harmony and I've communicated my expectations with my family and with my work and, and my clients. Mm. And so everybody understands that my goal and that, and that doesn't mean that I don't have boundaries that protect certain pieces yes. all the time. Like those are non-negotiables, but harmony is certainly possible. And I love, of course, I'm a huge vibration energy believer and, and just, you know, trying to mm -hmm. honor my body's energy and, and, body's rhythm. And so same thing, my business has a rhythm, my family has a rhythm and, and getting those in harmony is so powerful. Uh, it, it is. And, and I, and I'm going to add another thought that, cause really with self-care, there's a lot of things about self-care, you know, it's like when I was on the road before the pandemic, I was on the road 320 days out of the year. I Woo. spoke in um, almost a different country or city or state almost every other day. And it was a lot of travel and, and for your body, you eat at weird hours and things. It, it wasn't the healthiest thing for me. So with the pandemic, I became way more in tune with, with what is happening with my body and how to take care of it and so on. But I think a big part of self-care is what you think about, mm. you know, so your thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to action or inaction and action or inaction leads to results or no results. So taking care of our thoughts. So I self-coach every day. Yes, I'm a certified business coach. I coach people every day in business. I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. And I know I, I'm good at that. 
But I, I think what I'm best at is coaching myself oh. because I've had some bad things happen and I've gotten through those bad things because I know the questions I ask myself make a big difference. So every morning before my feet hit the floor, what am I most excited about for today? You will not hear me say, what do I have to do today? That's not going to get you out of bed with joy in your heart. And I choose to live in the joy zone. So, you know, what, what, whose life will I make a difference in today? Who will I make smile today? Who will I be of support to today? You know, what is the most important thing to accomplish today? Or what are the 10 most important things? Every day I have an accomplishment list. That's a whole nother subject, enlightened vocabulary. But I don't have a to-do list. Because then you just feel like I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. I don't like that. So I have an accomplishment list. These are the top 10 things I choose to accomplish today. So I have in the morning, every day, throughout the day, I have a poopy person I'm on the phone with and it doesn't go well. How can I reset my thinking right now? Reset. I push this, I put my thumb on my thigh like pushing a button. How can I reset my thinking right now? How can I let go of what just happened so I can walk into joy with the next person I speak with? Mm -hmm. You are in control of your mind. So it's us learning how to do that. The most important time for self-coaching is at night before you go to bed. Last 45 minutes of every day, what you put into your brain is critical for your success. Let me say that again. What you put in your brain the last 45 minutes of every day is critical to the success you're going to have the following day. So if you're watching you know, people screaming at each other on TV or you're watching murder and rape and all that junk and, and politics and uh, that's like a battle in your own body as you go to bed at night. So always put something good into your thought process before you sleep. What was I most proud of today? Mm. What am I looking forward to tomorrow? Mm. Whose life will I make a difference in tomorrow? Who loves me and who do I love? What oh. can I create when I slow down so I can speed up? Oh, all so that good. powerful, powerful questions. Yeah. I think that is the biggest thing I can do with my self-care and managing my own thoughts around it because bad things happen to good people mm, and they do. How, how you deal with it will make a difference how you'll get through anything. Mm, absolutely. Wow. You're, you're, you're just, I just love everything you're saying. And so, <laughs> so, powerful. so you mentioned a morning routine and, and obviously a, a routine for your evening. Are there other elements to your routine in your day that, that are important to you? I take time out for things. Example, if I, like I'm drinking a lot of water these days. So that means you got to get up, go to the bathroom. But I stop and ask my husband, you know, what's the best thing that's happened so far today? What have you learned about the world today? Because he, he does know what's going on in the world. I am clueless. I don't I really know. I know there's a war going on but I don't know all the details of who's done what, when, where, and all that stuff. But So I, I connect with him. My grandbabies, they come over after school. What was mm -hmm. the best thing that happened at school today? I do need to tell you I'm the old maid queen and also the crazy eights. So <laughs> they love to play cards. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll say I have five minutes, and in five minutes, get ready. I'm going to whip you. You know, and and we'll play those games. They are, four square is another thing. You drop these tips in. I, I try because play is powerful. And, and that's somebody I'm going to introduce you to that is the master of play. He understands and knows the power, what that does for your body and your well-being. It's taking time out to play and to laugh. So every day I want to do something fun. I don't know what that is, but something fun. We also have animals, taking time out with your animals. You know, I know when you have interruption, it takes your brain 20 minutes to get back to where it was at that elevated thinking. I know that is a fact. When It's different when I don't choose to just answer the phone every time it rings. Uh, I, nobody died of a voicemail. That's like a voicemail. It'll be fine. And it's like I have to tell women, nobody died of and a it, wrinkle. They think they it, need to rescue the dryer. <laughs> and, if they're, and if they're dead, 20 minutes of waiting isn't going to change that. That's right. It's already dead. <laughs> anyway, so the whole idea is, is that I choose to take those little mental vacations, those little mental breaks. Walking outside, I go outside and I look for butterflies because mm. I, my mom said, whenever you see a blood, butterfly or a bluebird, I'm hanging around. 
And and sure enough, she, I can go outside and just talk to her. So I, I just know that breaking up your day is important. It, work will always be there. And I know that every single day I have enough work for a year or two, it, just today. <laughs> but I, I, I know it won't go away. It will be there. I pick the most important things and I accomplish those things. Nice. Every day. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, the Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com. addvalue2life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. All right, I want to dig a little deeper into the importance of play and fun. Uh, well, you got the expert I'm going to send your way. His <laughs> name is Steve Ricks, and I'm telling you, the guy is expert. But I, and I just, he has a new book that's coming out, and I've just, just edited that book this weekend. And um, there's a lot to know about play. Play keeps you youthful. Play keeps your mind alive. You know, sometimes when, when you reach a certain age, people think, well, you're not, you can't possibly be relevant because oh. you're this age. I, at 50, I said, I was a wild woman. That's a woman of wisdom. And I just kept moving that 50 up. That marker just keeps getting higher. But the idea is you have wisdom. So playing at any age, playing games, playing cards, doing activities like that. And, and I also believe that with play, your mind stays active. It doesn't mean you have to play to win, although don't ever play me in catchphrase. Try. <laughs> it's a tinge competitive. My sister and Connie and I, we play together and we just die. Our dominoes are pretty good at dominoes too. But anyway, uh, our charades, yeah. So play keeps your mind active. And, and play gives you joy. And laughing increases your endorphins. It keeps you healthier. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in the in the hospital and I had something bad happen for my grandson and mm. and he was burnt from the top of his head down to his toes. Ouch. In a, an explosion, very painful. He was in a coma for three and a half weeks or so wow. in intensive care. And and we told the doctor the first time when he came in and said, if this boy does it, you know, if he lives, he'll never be the same. And I said, Can we go outside? <laughs> and he walks outside and I said it is my request that you never say another negative thing in front of him ever <laughs> and the rest of your staff same goes there well he's in a coma I said I, I, I think he, I, I, I believe he hears and by the way he did because we coached him the whole time he, he, came, he at the end of the whole when he came out he told us what we asked him mm. and what his answers were it was very amazing but anyway, the nurses would come in there and say, how can, how can you guys be laughing? And, you know, we had one of my granddaughters brought Isaiah's favorite music and played it while we were in there. So it danced, we were dancing around. There. How can you guys do that? Because why take his joy? Why take his joy? Control what you can control. <laughs> Let go of the rest. Anyway, so play. we played and had fun. And that's when, and my, when I'm really, really old, I'm going to go back into that, that burn center and I'm going to work with the parents who would be crying and feeling so bad for their son or their child or their husband or what, and, and who did not know how to handle that. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that you can bring hope to them. Mm -hmm. How you show up in a traumatic, difficult situation, and I use the word situation. It, it wasn't a disaster. It was a situation. A and how we show up transfers to that other party absolutely I choose, I choose to show up my best i i firmly believe and one of the one of the things that bothers me the most is how easily our mind is manipulated by somebody wearing a stupid white coat and and our brain identifies them as an expert and then as soon as whatever that expert yapped off and said our our initial reaction is to to believe it and accept it as as fact and and they don't know the facts as well as so my wife had a similar 
this last August had a near death experience and mm. spent 13 days in the ICU and, and was very, obviously I, I can only control what I can control. And I was there every day and loving and supporting and, and going through this journey together. And, you know, her recovery was faster than they expected and, and mm. than they expected. And she was never, she was never down and woes me and, you know, it just, it just was, this is just what we're dealing with. And it just mm -hmm. is what we're, what we're dealing with. And we're going to, we're going to face it together and in the most positive light. And I believe that absolutely helped her recovery. And I believe it made an impact on the staff. And I love that you just told the doctor, look, I don't care what you think of his situation. <laughs> don't ever come in here and say it. Okay. Okay. And I did it in a nice way. I didn't yell. Of course. I, didn't scream. Of course. I but, call it being gracefully assertive. But, that's but the, the word. <laughs> but the but the truth is, words are powerful, super super powerful. And if we don't take our responsibility with our words seriously, I think that's what so many people are so flippant with their words, and we use sarcasm and we use all these defense things and mm. and, and and all of that that's coming from inside of a poor poor place inside, and we're we're hurting our children and we're hurting other people. By, by not being intentional and not being yes. encouraging and not being, when, when we have, why if you have the opportunity to build somebody up and lift them up and add joy to them, would you do the opposite? And yet know. that's what so many people do. I love yes. that you you look for reasons to praise your grandchildren and just say, great job. What did, what did you do today that was exciting, right? Mm -hmm. Having those kinds of conversations and asking questions um, it's just so, I just wish more people understood how powerful our words were mm. and, and mm. choose and choose to be intentional about using your words to build people up. It's not oh, that right. hard. Yes. You know, in our, in our coach school, we teach about enlightened vocabulary and we mm. teach about self-coaching and the enlightened vocabulary. What is so important is most people don't even realize that we are shaming ourselves mm. with certain words. We didn't think about it. And we don't realize how often we use the butt word. <laughs> uh, honey, you look great today, but you might want to change those socks. You ah. know, everything in front of it is gone. And yeah, you had a, you had a good report card, but what happened here? Yeah, you know, we you. don't realize how often we take all the good away by just adding that word but I used to call it I used to call it throwing out the forgiveness or the love with a fishing pole. You throw uh, it out and then you butt it back in. Ah, <laughs> uh, interesting. That's that's so true. And 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 you know, it's like it's become a habit and a filler, a filler word. And so the word choices, I, and that's why we started working with teachers too, because learning how to acknowledge children, not just for the work, not just for they had a great hundred percent. You know, I saw how dedicated you were to studying this week, mm -hmm. and you went from sixty percent to seventy percent. Congratulations for your dedication. It's not the final grade always. It how do you move people to progress? It's when they see little bite-sized segments of wins. Well, this is this whole this whole grading process, right? I, mean, I think that's where the idea that failure is a bad thing comes into into our lives, right? Is when mm. we start getting graded and measured and 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 we're graded and measured by somebody's opinion of of our work versus, yes. you know, versus being encouraged to, to do something more courageous and more and recognizing that, wait, instead of looking at this as a big F on this paper, look at this as how can I learn from this and do something even better? Mm. And, and, and it's a system designed to set our kids up for jobs, which of course aren't mm -hmm. as secure or anything as they used to be. And, and it's not a system designed to encourage imagination and freedom and, mm. and problem solving at the levels that, that you're talking about. Right. And yes. so, yeah, I, I love that you're working with teachers and at least helping them find language to encourage kids. Mm -hmm. And to, and to give those kids hope, mm. you know, in, in our world, there's so many kids that are struggling at home you know, not getting fed properly and parents not paying attention and so on. And and sometimes, you know, it does fall on the teacher a lot or the grandparents or whoever else is in that child's life. But 
if we all, our whole world became more conscious about what we could do to make a difference for the children in our world, mm. I think we could raise the level of how we all live in this world and how we could live together. And that well, and, and you know argument. those parents, those parents are operating at the highest level that they're capable of. They're not trying to make a miserable kid. That's not their nobody wakes up in the morning saying, I'm gonna be a terrible mom today. No. That's, that's <laughs> you, all right. You know, they're they're doing the very best with the tools that they have, but nobody's broken the cycle. And there's so many generational things that are happening with, with families that all it would take is somebody just stepping into their world and adding a little bit of love to break a cycle. And then the kids go home and they share a little bit of love and it changes the parents' world because mm. they've never experienced love. They don't understand what love really is. Mm -mm. And and love is a powerful, powerful energy. It is a powerful energy. Mm. And some people don't know how to show it. Mm. What is that thing? Spare the rod. And I can't even remember what that <laughs> saying is. But it was like, you know, to spoil the kid and spare the right, something stupid. We had all kinds of old sayings, like money doesn't grow on trees. So why not teach them that, you know, you're going to live in poverty for the rest of your life? And you know, so there's things that have been said for centuries that have been passed down that somehow we all get to break that cycle in some mm -hmm. manner. And it's starting with our own selves. So I know this has a lot to do with, with entrepreneurism and sales but this is about living folks we just want you to live a better life and leave a legacy of somebody that cared mm. I, that you care about people take the time to notice what's good around you so you mentioned obviously your list of you know what's important to me who's important to me who am i going to change their life for today let's let's talk we and we mentioned love how valuable love is Let's talk about the value of gratitude. Every day I ask that question, what am I most grateful for in my life? Every single day. And you answer the question, by the way, when you ask it, you got to answer it. And, and I have so many things to be grateful for. I write it down. I speak it out loud. I ask my family members, you know, because when you have an attitude of gratitude, you are appreciative of the small things. Like, I don't need my husband to buy me diamonds and, you know, fancy this or that. I don't need that. I, I know he loves me and he loves me just how I am. And I'm very grateful for that. I am grateful that I, when I see so many people sick today, I'm grateful that we all got through COVID and, and everybody handled that well. I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for where I live. I'm grateful that, you know, my husband cooks. I'm so grateful for that. You know, we've gone through our stages where I did all the cooking when he had this this career, and then he did, then he's he's it's, we did it together. But it's back in his court right now, and he's just a good cook, and I'm very helpful. I'm very very grateful for that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, yeah. and and each couple should be able to find the roles that that work for them, right? And find the things mm -hmm. that 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 serve them. And so, and it's timely. It's what works under those circumstances at that time may not be forever and always right I mean, i'm certainly hoping i'm going to start picking up a spatula again one of these days but you know he, he doesn't complain he just goes in there and doesn't so I, I you know i i think people that don't look for gratitude in their life they miss the opportunity to see what's going on that could break a cycle I just read this recently because one of the things that we did through DSWA is we started a whole insurance program and that's dental vision, health hospitalization, everything for entrepreneurs and wow. group, group policies. And we, we did that for a reason because there with the great resignation, a lot of people are leaving their jobs and then they're scared. They think about it later. Oh, now what with insurance? Um, so that was, that was one part of it. But the other part of it is I found out about how that, between the ages of 13 and 18 years old last year, and it's probably not much different this year, 63% of all those kids were dealing with anxiety and depression. Oh, and so we got a program that you have to be 13 years old to, and, and older. Your, all, your whole family can go in it. It's under $50 a month, and you can go unlimited visits to a therapist online. Wow. And 
I was shocked that there are that many people that are going through this depression, but it's also adults. It's not just kids. Adults are dealing with it too. They just sometimes deal with it in a different way. Our suicides are up. All those things that are so sad and negative don't need to be. And we, we've all got to pay attention to those around us and, and, and smile. I walk down the street and I see a, a homeless person. Most people cross the street and run to the other side. I look right at them and I look them in the eye and I'll, and I'll smile and say good morning or good afternoon. They don't know what to do with it because most people, mm. they feel like they're invisible. They're not invisible. They're humans. Mm. Absolutely. Just take the time. Well, and a smile can change everything. I mean, it, it, if that's the most that you can add to somebody's day, why not add a mm. smile, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Or if, like, we have extra papayas, we'll have 100 papayas, just put them in small bags, take them down, you know, down a hotel street or wherever and give somebody a bag of papayas. Mm. That might be their only meal that day. Or sometimes mm. we'll just put them out on the curb and say, take a bag or give a bag to somebody that could use this. And people nice. are very nice about it. They don't, they don't, but that's teaching our grandchildren how to live in a world with harmony and peace and care about other people. So you mentioned being able to, to, to give and, and contribute. What other ways of contribution been an important part of, of your journey? Mm. I, I, I'm very generous with my time. When I go to speak at a convention, most speakers show up and then they go back to their room and hide or they exit, they talk and then they leave. I work with people the whole time I'm there. Mm -hmm. I, I coach individuals the whole time I'm there. And I tell them, find me. The only place you can't find me is in the bathroom. I don't want you to find me in the bathroom. Any place else, I'm open. So they come and they sit by me at lunch or they come and walk with me back to my room or, you know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So I, I get to give freely of my skills to people. I, I, we have a women's shelter in town. I've spoken at that women's shelter several times. I've gone to the university and spoke to, to the young people about entrepreneurship. You know, it doesn't have to cost you money. If, if you have skills, share your skills and give them generously to other people. I think that sometimes, you know, oh, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to bother people. That All that stuff comes up. When in reality, they'll tell you if it's not a good time for them. So sometimes I just, you know, like when I was in the hospital with, with my, my grandson and, and one of the nurses said, it's always so happy in here. The energy is different in this room. What is, what is it that you do differently? And I thought, okay, you asked, honey, so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I said, we, we probably think differently. We are not thinking of our grandson as, as, he's dead. He's not, he's alive and he's alive inside and he's going to come out of this thing and make a difference in the world. Mm. And we, we, we look for good things. We look for baby steps. Like he's tall. Our whole family is tall. We're like six, nine on down. And, and Isaiah, I think is six, four or five. And his bed wasn't long enough for him. <laughs> I could not believe it. And his feet were on the footboard and his feet are burnt. You know, that's not a comfortable thing. So they found a way to take the footboard off. And so his feet could fit on the bed. That was like joyous. That was like, let's celebrate. This is so exciting. I can't believe it. They found something that works. You know, they couldn't find a bed, but they learned how to make it better for him. So I guess it's like looking for the small things mm. that, that can be big things. Well, and looking for the positives, right? And it's too, I think it's lazy to get caught up in the negatives, right? Oh, it's too easy. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's easy and people sometimes they think they got to look for the flaws, mm. you know? I, it, I, I'm not, a, I don't want to go to battle. I, I would rather, and by the way, my father told me this as a very young person. Nikki, when emotions are high, logic is low. <laughs> so if you let your emotions get away and anger is the worst one, then guess what happens? You can't think and people will run circles around you. And I thought that is a lesson I've carried with me my whole life. So remember the things that we say to our children and our grandchildren and our friends 
and our family. Those lessons can be held on that could be a great lesson or it could be something that they wish they'd never heard. Mm. So powerful and, and so true because those are when our emotions are high and we make a statement that is flippant or not thinking. And those are the yeah. things that plant limiting beliefs in our kids and and hold our kids back until somebody can help them dig out. Oh, that's something your dad must have said to you in in a moment of inexcusable <laughs> absence of mind. You know what when it was was when his um his his building was burning down. His store was was burning to the ground. Wow. And he was getting ready to go cuz he this you know we start off with nothing. This is a self-made man. And he had a large store in one town and a smaller store in another town. And he was getting ready to go there. And I said, Dad, where are you going? He goes, well, I'm going down to Hermiston. I said, well, what's happening? He goes, well, the store's on fire. It's exactly how he said it to me. The store's on fire. What? I mean, I was like 13. Dad, you're kidding me. What are you going to do? He goes, Nikki, I'm going to go down, assess the situation, come back with a plan, and implement the plan. And then he, when he comes back, I said, what happened? He goes, it burned. I said, how bad? To the ground. I said, Dad, what are you going to do? He goes, Nikki, that's why when when things happen that are big around you and in your life, if you let your emotions run away with you, you won't be able to think. And he said, I thought through this whole thing. That's what he said. Emotions are high. The logic is low. It was at a critical time that I never knew how he could handle that. And I learned in that moment. Mm, so powerful. Well, and recognizing he, he couldn't change it, no matter how wound up and he got right. He could yell and scream and he could cry and moan, but he's nothing he does was going to change whether or not the building stops no. burning or burns more. Or, That's or, right. It's, yeah, this it's, is it. It's done. The reality this, is, this is uh, this is the whole thing about living in what I call um, the empowerment zone. Mm. Most people live in the disempowerment zone. The disempowerment zone are all the things we have no control over. The uh, like the power the. You know, when it goes out, we're mad. Uh, you know, the, the traffic, people get mad over the traffic. People get angry about the weather. I mean, that, that we have zero control over. If I'm focusing on those things and I'm mad about it, I'm the one out of control. Mm -hmm. And my joy goes out the window with it. When you're in the empowerment zone, that's what you have control over. The only thing you have control over is you. What you think, what you say, what you do. You have zero control over what other people think or say or do so folks that live in the empowerment zone and by the way that's where faith is too mm. when you live in the empowerment zone you have more joy in your life it's a guarantee yeah i have a funny story to tell you because it's it's it, it really sets this clear my husband and i were in thailand and we wanted to go on one of those little tuk-tuks little tuk-tuk is a little carriage that a driver drives you around you sit in the back with a little cover over the top we thought, oh, we don't want to kill the guy because we're not small people. So we'll give him a corner if he was on a bicycle. So we picked a motorized guy that had a little scooter and we we're riding around in this tuk-tuk. And the traffic, you think Atlanta or LA is traffic? Oh no, Bangkok is traffic. People everywhere on a little scooter with an umbrella, three kids and their groceries. You know, I mean, it's like oh, everywhere you go and they have a, they go doot-doot with a little horn, doot-doot. That's all they do. So I said to the driver, I said, how can you all get along so well you know in america they do the year number one sign and you know what i'm talking about they don't they don't and they flap the horn and yell out the window I said you guys don't do that you all get along so well how do you do it and he just looked at me so funny he actually turned around and looked at me and he goes ma'am we know if we go out there will be traffic if we don't want to be in traffic we don't go out <laughs> simple Simple. Don't put yourself in that situation. If you're going to be frustrated and upset, not worth it. Pretty powerful choice. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot from that. I don't go out in traffic. <laughs> but I do have a thing, something for that. I just have to tell you this too. When you're driving down the road and somebody's mad or honks or, you know, they're giving you the signals or whatever, just do this and wave at them like you know them and they go they're embarrassed because they think you know them and they stop doing it and then you go oh that was fun next yeah i, I do i wave i yes. have a nice day smile yeah, yeah. yeah. I, i'm not gonna get wound up over your emergency yes that's it that's it 
All right, I'm going to change it up just a little bit. What was your most memorable date? Probably my marriage. Nice. And, and you know, we're going to be married 50 years here pretty soon. Congratulations. 50. And we went together for five years before we got married. This man is the love of my life. Mm. And he loves me exactly like I am. Mm. And he doesn't, he's never wanted to change me. And I've got to be a part of him growing and learning. And he got to be a part of me going through that together. We're best friends. Uh, I would never change. I would never change that in my life. He was the right man for me. I love and it. I got to have my dad and mom said that too. Nice. And that was beautiful. Love that. So what do you love to do in your free time? Be with my, my family. I like to go to the beach. We took everybody to the zoo last weekend. <laughs> oh, so fun. Watching the kids, watching all the animals and playing and they have a petting zoo. And so anything I can do by being with my family is, is joyful. Spending time with the grandkids, um, you know, or, or just my husband and I going on a date somewhere. Sometimes we'll just go like get a plate lunch. That's what they serve over here at a lot of places. And We'll just go sit up on the hillside and watch the surfers below or just the beauty around us. So I never want to take advantage of and not respect the beauty in our, our our home. I mean, Hawaii is a beautiful place. And we take a lot of people that come, come here. So know when you come, Robert, we take them around the island so they get to see real Hawaii and not what the tourists see. They get to know what this is really about. And I want people to love Hawaii the way we love it. Nice. I, uh, I I tell people that I'm a backdoor tourist because pretty much all my travels have either been the military where we landed on the beach and came in the back door yes. or, or I travel in and I get picked up by local people that live there and I stay with stay with them in their home. And so I avoid the hotels and I avoid the tourist traps and I avoid the, those typical things, but I get to see the people where they are and, mm. and, and how they live and 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 would much rather be a backdoor tourist than than get caught up in all the sensationalism of you know where the tourists mm. go and what the tourists mm. do. Yeah, I love the water, and I just can stand in that water and feel at peace. Mm. Yeah, mm. so much energy there. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, what's your big dream, Nikki? Ah, my big dream. I've always been a big dreamer. Um, but, you know, I believe you have to imagine something before you can dream it. And you've got to really be able to see what that looks like. And when we started DSWA 20 some years ago, the whole vision for us was to build self-esteem in children. Mm. And, and how we've been able to do that is by supporting parents, grandparents, teachers, other people to learn how to communicate more effectively for their family and with their family and, and with others. So we now have our Coach Excellence School for couples and our Coach Excellence School for parenting. Oh. And we're working with teachers. So the big dream of, of leaving that legacy for the children of our world is, is happening. It's happening now. And and, and, and beyond that, I would say to live a healthy, fulfilled life, to be able to contribute for the future of my grandchildren. Um, I want to have scholarship programs for people that would like to be entrepreneurs. Um, there's, some, there's, a, there's a lot of, I have a lot of years I've got to live. i got to hang in here for a long time to get everything done that I want to get done. I love it. Yeah, so good. All right, so now you've just spent an hour having, all right, what's what's the drink in Hawaii? Uh, well, mango juice or right. papaya juice. Or, uh, this is so our you, daytime. <laughs> so you, spent, you spent the last hour having a mango juice with a young entrepreneur. You want to leave them with Nikki's words of wisdom. What would you share? Don't let anybody tell you what you're worth or what your value is. Mm. Don't let anybody hold you back from what you believe is right for you keep focused on where you're going doesn't matter where you've been those are all learning experiences doesn't to me it doesn't matter your you know your education yes i have an education 
But that's not what really got me here. What got me here was my own determination mm-hmm. my and my gratitude for the things along the way and, and my learning experiences, good, bad, and ugly. All of them are learning experiences. I just would hope that everyone that's in this, that's able to listen to this, decides for yourself who you choose to be and how you choose to create your life and don't let anybody steal your dreams. Thank you so much, Nikki, for spending so much amazing time with me and sharing so much great wisdom. Thank you so much. We hope we see you again in Hawaii. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Carl Mecklenburg talks about his transition from professional athlete to professional speaker and entrepreneur. He uses his experience to serve the community and truly wants to make an impact and share values that help people grow. We talk about how much the professional football experience compares to personal development necessary to start and grow a business. He believes that success requires a willingness to put yourself in uncomfortable positions.